everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. So get ready. Football season is here. Uh, we've got quite a few interesting ball games on tap tonight. We'll look at them, and of course, uh, we'll talk about the games this weekend and much more as we're getting underway here with our number one of the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, Drew at the controls, and our number one of the drive brought to you as usual by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through to the drive is 334 334- Three two one thirteen ninety. Did I say? Did I say they sponsored the Key of Auburn hotline? I don't know that I did that. I just Ooh, I just threw out the number. No. Yeah, cool. Key of Auburn is is the you know the uh, the title sponsor right. of the Key of Auburn hotline, and we really appreciate the, uh, the 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 partnership with Key of Auburn. You can also text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. As always. Big shout out to Derek and the rest of the crew at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also every time you say that, I'm I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be and the Dominoes. And Derek and the Dominoes, of course, yeah. Cla- Clapton, that's what he ought to company. That's what he ought to call. That's what he ought to call. The what was the big Derek and the Dominoes hit? Is that Layla? Uh, Layla. That's Layla. Yeah, okay. that was that was a pretty big one. And then then and then stuck it stuck around a, for a little while. Uh, the unplugged version is Clapton Solo, yes. right? Which which is yes. also popular, but the mm-hmm. version from Good uh, from uh, Goodfellas. Yeah, it had another. Is, I mean, there was there was Clapton, the the Clapton, and he had uh, another fair to Midland guitarist was was. Part of Jimmy the, Page, uh, no, Jeff no, Beck, uh, Greg Allman. Oh, Greg Allman! Wow. Yeah, Dwayne. Dwayne. Oh, Dwayne Allman. Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Wasn't he? A, Cream's the one where he had a bunch of the other like really famous. Cream was just a three man group. Ginger Baker. Uh, golly, I, I, I know. Uh, oh, I, I know. I know who's. Yeah. It's, wait a minute. I'll, yeah. Ginger was the drummer, and then Eric was the lead. And man, how do I? I, I, so, I shouldn't so have gotten it, started this doing this. This is why it's, no, we're proving it's live radio. Yeah, go, go I, I know who they are. You, you, you can check. Uh, yeah, it, it'll, it'll hit. No, it'll hit me. I'm not going to look it up. It's, okay, it's going to come to me while we're not talking. But anyway. they sponsor, uh, But Derek and the rest of the gang at Southeastern Industrial yes. Contractors, they sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. We don't just talk about rock bands from the 1960s and 70s on this show. We, also get, into, we also get into some yeah, other otherwise stuff. I, otherwise, I, I'm, yeah, jump I'm, in, I'm Justin. Well, helpless. see, that's, that's why. I'm a little helpless. Well, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm lost on a lot of the, the music shows now that come on. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like uh, I, I, I've heard a lot of this. I mean, I've still heard everything or most everything from the last from the last twenty years, but I don't know ex- I don't know the exact artist and title. Would you like the initials of the other member of Cream? Sure, JB. You got Clapton, Baker, and someone whose initials were JB. He played the bass. Yeah, I know he played the bass. That's what I said. That's Ginger right. Baker was the drummer. Uh, first name Jack. Oh, oh. Last name also a first name. Starts with a B. Man, I know. Bru- I, Jack Bruce. Jack Bruce. Jack Golly, Bruce is the, is the other man. guy from Cream. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, looked that up. I didn't know. I didn't well, know. no, you know, and I and I I should have I should have remembered that. I've known it for for a long time. Anyway, um, that was 
the the third voice after you hear Dan and me talking about Dan Dan knows things from way before his oh, time. Yeah. Also, the, way before his time. One, yeah. one more thing about Eric Clapton, then we'll move on. Uh, the Yardbirds was the band that Clapton oh, that was, was in. That was the band that had as many legendary guitar. You, you never had a band with as many legendary guitars. weren't all there together at the same time. Yeah, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck were yeah. also at different points right. in, in that band. Jimmy Page went on to be the lead guitarist of Led Zeppelin. Eric Clapton did, did all kinds right. of stuff. Clapton uh, yeah. felt they were getting a little too pop. Wanted to stick with the blues. Heart full of soul. A great, uh, right. great Yardbird song. Yeah. All right, uh, let, let's let's welcome in the youngest version, the youngest person here in the room, and that's uh, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Justin, is is it? Uh, are, are you are you glad it's finally here? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It seems this like is, it's been a long. It's been a summer. long off season. It's been a long summer. It's been eventful. There's just been so much talking and so much speculation and so much mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if. I am Saturday, tired of we that. Actually, we yes. actually get like actual results to talk about and actual play. Now we can discuss. talk and we can talk and complain about what happens on the field. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to you don't have to uh, speculate anymore. We all can see it with our eyeballs now. So yeah, it's it's a whole lot of fun this week. Kind of getting back into the groove of game week was was pretty fun as well. So looking forward to it, and and I think uh, really interesting week one game for Auburn. Not in the fact that you know you expect it to be a super close game, but. Um, I think the first two games for Auburn are very different than the first two games they played last year. I would I would take Mercer over the two teams Auburn played last year, and obviously I would take San Jose State over over those two teams as well. This is a this is a pretty good, you know, kind of um, you know fringe playoff team in the FCS coming coming to town, and those teams usually beat up on teams like uh, Akron and, and the like. So it'll be interesting, and also you know obviously with Mercer coming off of. Scoring sixty three in week zero, mm-hmm. they're not going to be short on confidence. Uh, oh no, coming into Jordan here. I Saturday mean, well, night. they Nothing they lose they and, play somebody like this fairly regularly. Yeah, you know, I mean, every year it was Alabama. Wasn't it Alabama just last year? It was Alabama last year, and uh, they they didn't. You know, Bama kind of shock shocking all early on them, and then they they hung in. They scored a couple touchdowns late on them. And Bama, so. well, Bama scored some touchdowns other than just taking the ball and driving it up and down the field. I yeah. mean, Alabama. For them, they had a subpar offensive game. They had less than 450 yards total offense. And I think this is reflected in the fact that, you know, Auburn won their first two games last year by, what was it, 113 points combined. This, this opener, um, the spread right now is 31 and a half, somewhere, somewhere in that neighborhood. And, you know, I wouldn't recommend betting FCS, FBS games, but. Um, yeah, I think that's reflective of just yeah, this is going to be a step up from what we saw last season. Yeah, I mean the opportunity for Mercer if, if you if you pull off the upset as an FCS team, you know th- those are usually very memorable. Or if you just moments. make it a competitive game, yeah, if, it I mean, launches you into the rest of your season. And something that would give me a little bit of pause as someone who wants to see Auburn do well would be, and it's usually the case when you play a region, you know, an FCS team from not too far away, somebody within the region, and in this case, it's it's making Georgia. You got a lot of Alabama, Georgia, and Florida kids on this team. A lot of them. Know some of these kids on the other yep. side. Saw him, saw him in high school. And Tyler Fromm knows most of the roster because yeah. his brother, his twin brother, played there. Yeah, there, there could be. That's, that's yeah, his twin brother was a quarterback last year. Mm-hmm. And and as someone who's been around group of five teams in basketball that have played against, gotten the opportunity to play against larger power five, mid you know major conference teams within the region. That that can be a motivating factor oh, yeah. for a team like Mercer. That you know you, you, this is you, you know, got nothing why, to lose. Yeah, why why is he on the SEC team while I'm on an FCS roster? He, he's not he's not that much better than me. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove it. So that's something you got to be ready for yep. on, on the Auburn side. You know, as much as you'd like this to be, you know, an opportunity to evaluate and and to explore, you know, get 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 quality reps for your first teamers and then maybe bring in some other guys you want to take a look at. Uh, you, you know, you got to be ready for a, a real football game. 
Yeah, and and then and then the schedule just escalates from there. You play a play a probably what I would consider a mid tier group of five team in San Jose State next week, and then you play Penn State. Then you go into SEC play. It's a good escalator. You mm-hmm. know, last year the, the 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 schedule was so weird, and the fact you started with Akron and then played an even you know, played one of the worst teams in FBS, and then you played an even worse team the next week, and then you had to jump up and go play on the road. In what the second biggest stadium in the country, like so, you have to you have to kind of be prepared for that. And um, I think this year it's just this kind of natural progression, which I think fits what Auburn needs and what this roster needs uh, early in the year. Yeah, my message is usually don't overreact when you're playing against a team that's not a Power Five team. You know, for the fans, you know, don't don't overreact to the results of a. You know, of, of a matchup against an FCS opponent or even a group of five opponent. At the same time, you don't want to underreact. You don't want to totally no. dismiss anything. I, and what we were saying is sometimes you get worried about if somebody can't do something against an FCS team, you start to worry, well, are you going to be able yeah. to do it mm-hmm. when the competition gets even tougher? Well, I'd be, I would pay more attention to actually what you're seeing than, than even some of the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you can't consistently get a push, up front, but then you you have somebody pop an eighty yard run and it makes it look like oh yeah you ran the ball really well. Yeah, that's that's a different thing. So it's I, I it's would, more than just the numbers, right? And I would go back to last year against Alabama State. You know, Bo Nix has this this unreal game against Akron, and then the next week struggles against against uh, Alabama State, and Auburn has to really run the ball to kind of keep things going. That makes sense. I did a story last year on this. Uh, it's the lead question in the mailbag for tomorrow, but. Um, Somebody asked, like, what can you learn? I went back last year and looked at, like, the last – it was, like, the last nine or ten times Auburn has opened the season with a non-power opponent. It's not been a ton. Um, you got to go all the way back to the early 90s before you get to number nine. Um, but what I found, if you go and with the benefit of hindsight and look, is offensive numbers will lie to you, like, like Bill was saying. You know, you pop an 80-yard run, mm-hmm. you can look awesome. But, you know, defensively, though, if a team looks good early – on defense, since defense, the standard is don't let them score. That's something that you can kind of carry over, and it, it's so steady and usually stable early on that it, that it looks good. But I would also say if Auburn struggles or doesn't look as pretty in week one, you know, don't fret too, too much. If um, they do again in week two, that's fret. Where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would point, I would point a great example of this, of, of this um, thing that happened 2000. Auburn struggles with Wyoming. Rudy Johnson has to bust that late touchdown for Auburn to put Wyoming away. Everybody's worried that Auburn's going to have another bad season like they did in 99 and they had the year before in 98. They go and win the SEC West. So, like, it's important not to overreact Mm -hmm. or underreact. And I would even say don't overreact to the things that don't look so good because, as any coach will tell you, week one to week two is where you do your most growing and your most improving. And, you know, I, I think Auburn's going to have to do that with the amount of new pieces, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, something I thought was interesting, Dan, we've talked a, a good bit about opening with five straight home games. You realize this is the third time since 2005 Auburn's opened with at least five straight home games? Yep. And so it's not that uncommon. And as a matter of fact, in Coach Dye's second year, 1982, Auburn opened with six Straight home games. When was the last time Auburn opened with five straight home games? Uh, I think sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. No. I, was, I was thinking it was one yeah. of the it was one of the Malzahn years. It hasn't been for. I mean, no, nobody on this team has experienced no. it. No. No. Uh, but but, but, it's, but it's not it's not unprecedented yeah. within Auburn history. Uh, has it? 
using those using oh, those seasons as results. Nineteen eighty two was huge. Auburn right. came off a five and six year, went five and one to start the season, ended up going nine and three, winning the bowl game. And sixteen was sort of a cautionary tale of what happens if you struggle right. with a lot of home games to start the year because that's I mean Did Auburn start three and two. Malzahn's coaching one and first two. And, one and two for sure. Yeah, it was three yeah. and two in their first five. And, and, the th- and, and it was like a win over LSU and then two wins over nobodies. I, I think the fifth one's LSU, right? Yeah. It's 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 three and two with the fifth one is LSU and right. Malzahn probably gets fired if he loses that game. Well, because that Plus was Miles that, that does was get fired right after that game. Yes. yes. No. Yeah. Loser and leaves then, t- the so that, loser leaves town match. So, and the then SEC. Auburn goes on a run in sixteen with um Petway. with Petway. Petway gets mm-hmm. hot. Again, you know, they they blister Arkansas at home. Uh they beat State on the road, I think, the week after that. I remember that one. That was the game where Marlon Davidson a freshman Marlon Davidson goes nuts in that game, if I remember correctly. Um yeah, and then they go on a run, which culminates with them beating. Oh, who was it? Arkansas. Was it Vanderbilt? Was Vanderbilt the last one? Well, Arkansas is fifty-six to three. No, that. no, that's, but that, there's, it there's culminates with them that. beating Vanderbilt in the game where you have the injury concerns, yep. and then you come off of that against Georgia, and then you play Georgia, and so it was a five-game winning streak that Auburn went on there, five or six, and it looked good, but. You know when when it got really tough at the end between that and injuries, Auburn just couldn't couldn't make it. But it was such a weird year in college football, weird year in the SEC. Auburn still goes to the Sugar Bowl to play yeah. Oklahoma. And and the time before that was sixteen when Auburn lost its opener. No, it was 05 mm-hmm. when they lost their opener to Tech, Tech. Won the next five, end up going se- end up seven and one, winning the West. Both Calvin Johnson and Roman Reigns played for that yeah. Georgia Tech team in 2005 as they came to Auburn and uh, and, and and won that game. Actually, oh, three, t- actually tied with LSU. Oh, I mean, three was the really. Oh, three was the Reggie Ball game, right? Oh, yes. Oh, three yes. Was the game in Georgia. Yes, it was. At, at Georgia yes, Tech. it yeah. was. Yeah. Where yeah, where yeah. Auburn got a field goal. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, there's two Reggie Ball games. Technically, he beat Auburn right. twice as a as a quarterback. But the one where like his numbers are like really rough, and Auburn still loses. I yes, think I think yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. I don't think he had a great game either time. But but the um that would make sense for Reggie Ball. Sp- too. Speaking of speaking of Cam Petway, uh, whose whose name has been mentioned because he was featured prominently the last time Auburn played Mercer. 2017 was the 24 to 10 Auburn Mercer game mm-hmm. where Auburn that that's that's a speaking of cautionary tales, that's the danger of if you don't take care of business early against an FCS team and Let you them hang, hang around that's and you right. hang in there, you basically play a full game with your first team. I mean Jarrett Stidham did not Jarrett Stidham's the only quarterback that played in that game for Auburn against an FCS opponent. Cam Petway had 34 carries for 128 yards. You think Auburn wants to give their first team tailback? Do you think they want tank carry? No. 34 no, times? No, absolutely like, you know, not. And, and I know they were trying to boost, some of that was trying to boost Cam Petway's numbers. And carry, yeah, also trying to win the game. Well, and, and carry on was hurt. Carry right. on was unavailable that day. The backup tailback got hurt in the, the Georgia Southern opener uh, that, that season. But still, I mean, Auburn had to, to hang in there. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a close game late with, with uh, I think Auburn took a touchdown to. Uh, to, to put it, you know, make, make it a, a two touchdown game, but I mean, Mer- Mercer hung in there the last time they came to Jordan Hare Stadium, and uh, it was uh, it, it was it was trouble for Auburn. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'd love for you to join in. We need to get to our first break of the afternoon. When we come back, we're going to check in with Scott Bagwell, the voice of the Auburn High School Tigers, as uh, the Tigers look to run their record to three and over their home opener tomorrow night. So stick with us. Just underway here on the Thursday Drive. 
Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Welcome in Scott Bagwell, voice of the Auburn High School Tigers. Scott, how you doing today? Good. How are y'all doing? And doing fine. It, uh, doing fine. It's it's almost Friday. Uh, that means uh, time for time for another big week of high school football. And uh, so far, so good for the Tigers. Yeah, um, you know, two top ten games, two top ten battles, and Auburn found a way to make some plays and uh, and get the win in both of them. Kind of got uh, two touchdown leads went down to in the Hoover game went to tied and, and Enterprise game went down to a, a field goal mm-hmm. game. But um, and and so Auburn knows they need to find a way to finish that uh, finish games out in the third quarter when you have a big lead, as opposed to letting them back in it. Find a way to to extend that lead out, but. Um, Hard to complain when you get two top ten wins away from your home stadium. Yeah, I was about to say it's not just top ten wins, but away on you know when you're yeah. having to uh, not not be on your home field back to back. So that's what's great about this this week. However, uh, you have to now with uh, with youngsters, you have to make sure that they they stay focused. That's the challenge I would think um, this week is to make sure everybody. You know, doesn't uh, get caught up too much in the uh, celebration for winning those two road games or two two games away from home. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to, to distract from uh, a bunch of, of, especially on the defensive side, a bunch of players that haven't started and played a lot of uh, downs before this year. You got, um, you know, the big win over Hoover, but then you immediately go on the road in a top ten region matchup at, a, at Enterprise, who's really good. So it's easy to get their attention uh, that week. But now you have a Dothan team that struggled last year. First game at home, a lot of hype, a lot Mm -hmm. of other things to distract you from the game. And this is a team, on uh, if you're an Auburn defense, the Dothan offense, that Auburn has to be sounded. They're running the enterprise offense in the last couple of years. So if Auburn's misaligned defensively this week, it, it's going to mean big plays for Dothan. Yeah, their their coach came from Enterprise, right? Right. It was the D.C., but I believe he's got uh, offensive experience as well. His background is in the kind of the wing T type offense. So they're running the same thing the Enterprise ran the last couple of years. So, uh, so luckily Auburn's seen it, but right. it's a bunch of players that haven't played against it. All right, two games in. What have you been – uh, the most impressed, or or maybe the most uh, pleased with from Auburn High, and then and then we'll go to the other side. I think the offensive line uh, had a lot of build coming into the year, and I think they've lived up to it. Last year ran for, or last week rather, ran for over well over two hundred yards, um, and were able to ice that game away. If not for a late fumble, Auburn probably would have put that game away a little bit early. Uh, a little bit earlier, um, and, and so that part on offense, also the quarterbacks. Auburn has changed out the quarterbacks a lot, and both of them have been very efficient and, and helped moving the offense up and down the field um, so far this year. And then if you look at the defense, coming into the year, I was told about these linebackers, and they have been 
very, very good. All three averaging over 10 tackles per game. They've been the, uh, the strength of the defense. Talking with Scott Bagwell, the voice of the Auburn High School Tigers here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. You can catch Scott and the doctor and, and the rest of the crew on, on Wings 94.3 as, as they'll have the home opener for Auburn against uh, Dothan. Yeah, what, what can you say about uh, on the field? What, what, what do you expect from Dothan on, on Friday night as they try to uh, knock off uh, undefeated Auburn? Well, you know, Dothan's 2-0. Uh, they, they knocked off Lee last week and, and ran away with that game. Uh, they also ran away from Carroll, who's uh, coached by Patrick Plott, who's a very, very good football coach. Um, mm-hmm. after, he went to Carroll after being at Auburn High School as the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, it's a team that, that and a program that's had some belief uh, pumped into them. And, and if they can come on the road and play well, that'll help. But if they can come on the road and win a game at Auburn High School, now all of a sudden – they're not just dreaming of making a playoff push. Now it becomes a reality because it's going to be an absolute dogfight to find a way into the playoffs, and you're going to have to win some road games. Um, and so Dothan's going to come in hungry. They, they come in with nothing to lose. They have very, very little expectations coming into the year, and now they're coming onto the road at the number two team in the state. I mean, I don't. it's just one of those things where you're playing with house money if you're Dothan. Why not come in and, and let it rip and see what happens? Yeah, and you're talking about uh, uh, you know what a battle it's going to be to get in the playoffs. Uh, something else, uh, the Auburn High kids don't need to be worried about uh, what's going on down the road with uh, Central and Enterprise. Right, it, it, you know Auburn. It's kind of I didn't realize it until I looked at the actually sat down and looked at the schedule. You look at the main contenders to make the playoffs this year, which is Auburn, Central, Prattville, Opelika, Enterprise. Those five teams, there's four spots. Auburn plays three of those four teams on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, now, luckily, they've already gone to Enterprise and got the win. But now you have to take care of everything at home. Every single home region game, you have to win if you're Auburn High School. So you can't get wrapped up in everything else. Now, luckily, in, a, with, in high school and the, the way the playoffs are, you know, if you take care of yourself, if you win your region games and you go undefeated, you're the one seed. And the way 7A has worked out, if you're the one seed in the South, there's a chance you're not leaving home throughout the playoffs. Yeah, so a lot of incentive there. Um, should be a great crowd. Boy, let's just hope the weather accommodates the yeah. football here locally this weekend. I mean, with uh, with uh, Auburn University opening up Saturday, there are going to be tons of people in town. Are there any tickets left, do you know? I'm pretty sure there are, um, and then they'll be on the GoFan website. Uh, you can just look for Auburn City Schools or Auburn High School, and you'll find the game there. Uh, I, actually, that's something I talked about with Coach Etheridge. It, this is a special weekend. you got Auburn High School opening their home slate, Auburn University at home. It's not often that you have the right. first for both in the same weekend. So, you know, hopefully there's a bunch of uh, people who are in town for the university game or are looking for something to do on Friday night that decide to come out and pick up a ticket and come out and watch Auburn High School in what should be a – a really fun football game uh, on Friday night, and uh, and these kids deserve all the support that that uh, this town can give them. Yeah, no question about it. I gotta let everybody know we're coming up on the bottom of the hour break. Let everybody know how they can uh, catch all the action. I mean, even if you're there at the game, uh, you you need to be listening to Scott and the crew. Six thirty airtime, seven o'clock kick. We'll have all the action on Wings ninety four three. We'll also it's also online at wingsfm.com and through the app. So. 
uh, a bunch of different ways to, to tune in and listen to the game. All right, Scott, uh, appreciate the uh, the visit. Best of luck. Have a great broadcast tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right, Scott Bagwell, voice of the Auburn High School Tigers, who look, yes, for win number three on the young season as they have their home opener against Dothan tomorrow night. I know we're coming up on our bottom of the hour break. We'll reopen the phone lines. Love for you to join in. Anything on your mind sports-wise, we'll, we'll toss out again. You know, what are you looking for? What do you want to see? What do you expect to see Saturday? And we'll look at some of the games from tonight and uh, for the rest of the weekend as well when we come back here on the Thursday Drive. Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson. From the Auburn Observer, while we uh, while we've got it a minute or so, uh, Justin, talk about uh, what, what's going on with the Observer, and I know today, you've got big plans. The, obviously, today's the day. Today, today's is the, the anniversary, day. right? Yep, today is the second anniversary. We officially start year three today, so it's been pretty cool. Yeah, we've got we've got a lot. Uh, this, six six seasons in a movie. Yep, that's the goal. Uh, the uh, yeah, this week um, had stories on. Uh, Robbie Ashford uh, story. Here's an interesting stat um, that I dug up this week. Last year, the week one depth chart for Auburn had, I believe it was six newcomers on the two deep. This year, 13. It's been, a, it, and the story yep. is kind of like more of uh, Brian Harson putting the stamp on his uh, on this roster this year. We had a we had a caller earlier in the week who, who was sort of fretting about. You know who who might stick around and who might leave after the season, and looking at the 2023 depth chart, and and you know gently we were sort of saying it is uh, foolhardy to try to project. Oh yeah, a depth oh, chart now in future college depth football, charts. Oh, you yes. know to to try to project what a depth chart could look like a year and yeah. a month from now because there's so much turnover. And if you tried to do that a year and a month ago, well, I'll give you I'll give you an example here. I'll give you I'll give you an example here. The whole story of the offseason for Auburn's offensive line was, man, they're bringing everybody back. And then if you look, for real, not really. Not really, especially now when Nick Brahms retired. 
Um, did a story on that this week. Previewed the Mercer game today. Yeah, Br- Brahms and Ham sna- played more snaps than anybody else, right? On, yeah. on the offensive line last year. Yeah, and uh, additionally, um, mailbag tomorrow. Observations on Sunday morning, and uh, we have a recap podcast on Sunday with somebody you guys might know. Hey, uh, filling in for Painter on Sunday, so you can check that out. AuburnObserver.com. It's six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year to sign up. And, uh, yeah, we're putting out a ton of stuff pretty much every day, and everything we do gets sent straight to your email inbox so you can read or listen on your own time. So a lot of podcasts, a lot of newsletters. Coming How much way. of Sunday's show can be about All Out? Very little. Okay, okay, we'll work on Very little. We might be able to take a couple minutes We'll do a end. bonus. Yeah. We'll do a bonus thing at the end. But, um, yeah, so a lot, a lot of stuff going on. We'll break it down, It's yeah. pretty, pretty, uh, pretty exciting to be uh, – at the two-year anniversary, the year yeah, three, I no kidding. That's you know, great. Uh, didn't think didn't think I would necessarily be doing it this long, but it it took off so quickly that I don't I can't think of doing anything else. It's been a whole lot of fun. So if if you want briefly tell folks about, I know we got Hootie hanging on. We'll get to him, but the uh, the, the the podcast network has grown a little bit. Yeah, right? we added it? a second podcast as well. Yeah, <laughs> so me uh, myself and Painter do uh, a a podcast we do twice a week. One of them's free, the other ones um the the other ones paid. Uh, episodes per week, yeah, like the recap podcast. So Sunday afternoons during football season, we will recap the game. You can listen to that wherever you listen to your podcast for free. The premium that comes with the subscription, we preview the upcoming games. Those will usually come out on Thursdays or Fridays. Um, there's one out today uh, on the Mercer game. And we've also added a new podcast really just to let Painter uh, be a fan and let him just kind of un- unwind with a couple of his friends. Uh, Dave McKinney, who um, mutual friend of ours, uh, Dave used to cover uh, covered Auburn. Uh, he was. I worked with him in college at the Plainsman. He worked at Notre Dame for a while. Uh, he's out of sports journalism and is back to being a full time Auburn fan. And then, uh, if you're on Twitter, you probably recognize Paulo Escobarner. He is. Uh, he is also on the podcast as well. So you can get that with a subscription uh, as well. So a lot of fun. We've got serious podcasts, analytical podcasts, and we've got a bunch of hot takes and and fans goofing off. So it's a lot of fun. We'll, we'll, we'll keep growing that throughout the season. Well, well worth the subscription. Many more, many more years of of uh, of healthy returns to the uh, to the observer uh, is, is the is the stance stance we take, Justin. Let's get to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. And Hootie is up first. Hey, hey Hootie. How you doing, guys? Uh, doing fine. Good to hear from yeah, you, Hootie. My battery is going this. i got to go Uh-oh. quick. I, heard, I found out a couple, a couple of months ago that the Men's and Women's Hall of Fame for Basketball in college is in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. I know the women's is. Uh, uh, the men's, I'm not 100%. Yeah, they got the men's and the women's. Hmm. Yeah. I know I've, I know I've driven by. I remember seeing the signs for the women's ones there. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering. You think they're going to let Bruce Pearl in up there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Tennessee fan, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee fans would love to have him. Yeah, ten- he's, yeah. Still got, he's still got a good rap on Tennessee fans. Yeah. I, went to, I went to that game last year in Knoxville, and after the game, Bruce was taking pictures and signing autographs mm-hmm. for Tennessee fans. They still love him, and they uh, they wish that it wouldn't have gone the way it did, I, I think, for sure. Even though they're probably pretty happy with what they've gotten Rick Barnes so far. They wish he wasn't still in the conference. Oh, yes. not coaching oh yeah, yes. that's right. Okay. Did y'all watch game day let yes last Saturday? I did on, not. Uh, ESPN? No, did not. No, what did we? What did I miss, Hootie? Well, they making fun of Auburn. Ah, that's 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 they not unbelievable. Thirteen out of fourteen schools, y'all number thirteen. Well, we'll see. I mean, the season's not over. If it's over in their thirteenth, then then good for them for being right. <laughs> 
And here's another one other thing. They were making bets who's going to get by first, the Nebraska coach or Harson. Yeah, well, I did see the graphic where they had Harson uh, as, the Nebraska, as the, the Nebraska coach, so they're trying to combine them. They didn't even have the <laughs> graphics right. Well, they just they just making fun that they make they were actually well, taking that, bets. That's fine. Everybody's welcome to do that. I think uh, I think Brian Harson says, "All right, go ahead and do it. Let's just see what happens." That can sometimes pay off, and sometimes right. it can it can blow up in your face. You, you, you can, you can look you look like a genius, or you can look. Uh, like the other, I think, I think you know we were discussing it earlier in the week, Hoodie. I think the loser of the week three matchup between Auburn and Penn State will be under fire from his fan base. Like that's an early start. Because James, 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 oh yeah, Jordan. I'm oh, definitely right. going to check that out. I mean, oh, Penn yeah. State Purdue tonight, absolutely. Yeah, I right, I may go call my phone. Keeps yeah, yeah. All right, take and, care, Hoodie. Like to hear you guys. Thank right. you. Yeah, I, Penn State I heard, Purdue will be fun tonight. I, yeah. That, that's a good point. I, I heard some talk of this earlier. I heard Terry. Terry, if you're listening, I heard you. James Franklin's the second-best coach in the Big Ten, and he'd love to have James Franklin as Auburn's coach. James Franklin is 11-11 and 11 over the last two years, uh, and that's in years seven and eight at Penn State. James, James Franklin is a, is a good salesman. He's a good recruiter. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm not – been sold as James play, as, a, as a great coach. Let's play the name game. Would you rather have James Franklin as Auburn's coach or P.J. Fleck from Minnesota? Franklin. Would you rather have James Franklin or Jeff Brahms? From Purdue. Jeff Brahms. Jeff Brahms from Purdue, yeah. Not Nick Brahms. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's, that would be that, I mean, one's a, about, that one's an interesting one. I don't I mean, know. I don't I mean, know. I mean, I guess Ryan Day and Harbaugh would come to mind immediately. As, I would have, as the I would best have Harbaugh I just, and Day. I just, I, sure. I've heard, oh, but it's a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough place to win at Penn State. Oh, yeah. yeah? I mean, I think it is. It's very much, it's very much like Auburn. And like, yes, you, yes, you, you have to play a really tough schedule each year. You do. But you do. Also Not you quite are, as tough as Auburn's. Also, you are the school in the state. That of, is exactly right. Pennsylvania, which is a pretty big school that. A pretty big state that also produces a decent amount of, uh-huh. of football talent. I know Penn State recruits everywhere because you have to to to, to win big. But um, yeah, no, I I think yeah, I, they're very similar. And I think Auburn and Penn State are about as close as you can get as programs. And I think we're going to see that in a couple of weeks because those teams are kind of in similar situations right now. Um, Auburn Auburn fell off last season down the stretch. And, you know, Penn State got the win. Penn State did not have a good season. After no, that, no, they didn't. And Auburn had the really cold spell. And either one of those teams, you come off of that win in week three, um, you're thinking, you're thinking, okay, this can, this is what can launch us into a conference schedule that we desperately hope is will be better this year. Northwestern's coach better than James Franklin? I've never, I've never once cared for Pat Fitzgerald. Nah, I've always thought he's a pretty good coach. Yeah, I think he's good. I think he's good with X's and O's, but like, but I, I, I think he fits much better. And that's that's his that's school. His school. That's yeah. also his school. I don't. I don't. He think, is a great fit there, but I think he's a very good coach for where he is. Right. I, I think. I, I don't know if Pat Fitzgerald would be successful in or, the SEC or anywhere else. Like, yeah. I think it's that's sort of like that kind of sort place. like Brett Bielma. You know, it's what yeah. I you or, know. or Ference. You know, you wonder if you Ference, if you, up, yeah. if Ference, you uprooted Ference from I Iowa golly, after, but, after but thirty he, years. His record would Auburn fans would be having the torches out I after know. a couple of years for his record. We've talked we've talked about this off yeah. before. That like Kirk Ference, it's amazing how 
Yeah, I mean, he's... How he's, many lives does he, he's, he, you know, he's have a really, really good year, drop back a little bit, drop back a lot, then have another really, you know, he's 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 had some ups and downs. As long as he keeps, you know, once every couple people of years. Talk yeah. about, t- people talk about uh, the good old boy network or meddling or whatever uh, at Auburn and, and that whole thing. Uh, you look into Iowa, man. Like, for some reason, Kirk Ferentz keeps, keeps staying yeah. around, and he got his own son to be the offensive coordinator with no proof that he's any good at that job. And I think he wants, I think he wants him to be the head coach in waiting. Yeah, I, think, I, think I, think so too. I think if the next coach isn't Kirk Ferentz's kid, there could be a problem, you know, as far as and it, it's could Kirk, be, it could be messy. And it's Kirk Ferentz, right? You know, like when, when Bill Snyder tried to pull that at Kansas State, it was like, well, it's Bill Snyder. He's the whole reason anybody knows anything about Kansas State football. The stadium's named after him. They didn't even let Bobby Bowden get away with that. All right. Like you but at you Iowa, <laughs> but at Iowa, you're not the best coach in Iowa history at all. Right, you've done very well over the last couple of decades. He's been, around, yeah, he's yeah. been around for a long. time. Around, he may be the winningest coach now, over Hayden Fry. Yeah, yeah, just because maybe, he was, yeah, just because he was there longer. Yeah, it's, it's it's coming up, but you know, a lot, lot of Big Ten coaching talk there. But the uh, the James Franklin thing, I think, I think he's, it's, I would put him on the list of coaches who, and it's not not to say that James Franklin is a bad everybody coach. Everybody, I, I just, he yeah. just doesn't, he just doesn't do any, he just doesn't do anything for me. He comes across as a a very good. Uh, salesman. Well, I, I was going to say he, he's on the list of which, power. if you want, if you want, yeah, but I, 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 I don't think he's a very else. good coach. He's, I think he's really good. With it, he, he, talk, well, he talks a great game. Well, it's the old and, and he's good at, at getting some, uh, you know, getting some stuff going. Yeah, I would say, I would say the thing is like the old adage of like, you know, players will win you games, coaches will lose you games. Like that, they like he'll get you the players. But he'll also, that's right. He'll also lose you some football yeah. games. Oh, and he got he got some players. He got better players at Bandy than anybody's yeah. been able to get. And, and then he took them with him when he went to Penn State. And Penn State's recruited him well, recruited really well. I mean, I think that's yes. that's a top ten. They've recruited season. a lot better than they should. That they shouldn't be five hundred over the last two years with the players that they've recruited. Should be losing Illinois. Like James Franklin is on the list of Power Five coaches where if he's seven and five or worse this year, he's probably in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I'd say he's on that list. Well, the weird thing that happened is that he didn't have a good year this past year, but yet since USC came open and that's all he's always been linked to that job, I think there was this, this weird standoff of like, do we want to get rid of him? And he turns around and goes to USC, and then what are we going to do? Like, so like like Auburn did. Yeah. So you say <laughs> Penn State like Auburn? I mean, there are a lot. There's some Penn State fans that are that feel sort of the same way yeah, about sounds, that. Like he's using this. He's just trying to get a better job. Tell, or he's using he's using other jobs to get more money. The loser in week the loser in week three of this game coming up here is there's going to be a lot of noise about that head coach. The more you, the more you guys talk about, it, the more James Franklin's tenure at Penn State sounds like Gus's tenure at Auburn. Doesn't it? Very similar. Really. He won early and, and has not won a conference title to my knowledge. No. But has made. Uh, but he's had double figure wins. He's had a couple, yeah, three, he's two, had a three couple, I think he. I think he's had two uh, New Year's Six trips, which Gus did as well. Um, so yeah, short short list of Power Five. You know, because season's about to start. Short list of Power Five coaches who probably need a, a you know better than better than average season to justify. I don't see how Scott Frost survives. Yeah, no, um, I don't either. Her, her, <laughs> I don't either. Edwards, her, he is a perfect example of. He's a perfect example of how coaches can lose you games. His his record in one score games is atrocious. Uh, Herm Edwards, I think it's just. I think it's. I can't believe still, wait, I, yeah. I can't believe he's still there. I cannot yeah, believe he survived it's kinda, the offseason. That's kind of feeling like uh, Will Wade at LSU, where it's like, okay, there's going to be something that is like the final, the final mm-hmm. straw. You guys ready? 
watch for Ellen Green because I think they're going to clean house. I think, gonna, I think they're going to clean house at Arizona State. No, and I think, I think, I think and, it'd make a lot of sense for Arizona I, State. And I think they're going to need. And I think they're going to need to take the hatchet to some athletic departments. And I wonder if I don't know if Alan Green. You know, I, I don't know. I would just watch for maybe Alan Green as as maybe a guy in the you know if, if Arizona yeah. State has to has to completely clean house. Uh, uh, let, let's James Franklin would be on that list. Norvell. Mm. Norvell for I would sure. Say, you know what's, you oh, know what's yeah. you know what's, the worst thing for Norvell too would be. Oh, I got another one. Well, I mean, the, the obvious answer is the, the worst thing for Nor- Norvell is is Deion Sanders' continued success too, yeah. because it only it only intensifies yeah. the pressure on Norvell to win because you have this obvious alternative that's getting more and more popular with mm-hmm. the fan base, and it's not like and it's not like folks are religiously watching Jackson State, but they see the results and they see oh, the yeah. recruiting news and, and uh, you know, it's Deion. Norvell needs a big year, or Deion Sanders could be that coach in a couple of months. Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech, I'm yep. still surprised he's still there. Um, that has not worked out at all, and I don't, I don't particularly see that one turning. You know, I they, wonder what the ceiling for Tech is, though. They, right, no. but I think it's higher than this. Yeah, I agree. In, in the in the ACC, I think it's definitely higher than and this. They, Paul, jo- Paul Johnson running a running an old offense was it was a lot better than this was. I believe Tech's got a couple of the top twenty players in Alabama committed for next year they as do. well. They've got some of the top. Oh, players well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if we'll see if they stay. That's where I Georgia was. Or they that, might go there and they might do what Jameer Gibbs just did and just go to Alabama later. Yeah, but are they? But still, I mean, if if things if things start yeah. struggling, if there's oh, continues sure. to be a struggle there, um, and other schools do a little better. That's why I brought that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it, if it could fall apart if Jeff mm-hmm. Collins, you know, is is no is uh, is is dude still at Syracuse? Yeah, uh, Babers. Dino Babers Dino is still Babers at Syracuse. Is still there, yeah. Yeah, that was that was one that I was surprised has lasted are, this long. How are things going for Shiano at, at Rutgers? Do they need no. to, do they need to do they need to win or they, they, not, they, they had a little a, bit better? They had a decent season last year, but yes. they're recruiting well. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're they're finally well, taking it's better than it, better than it Jersey, had been, yeah. but not as good as as it was. Like but, there's somebody we might be missing. I don't know, but there's. Uh, oh, I'm that's sure the, that's the big. You know, I think just wait wait a game or two. Yeah, wait a game or two. And and Brian Harson is probably on that list as far as like I mean, you know, as someone who you know to be to be fair, like and which is why you know as Hootie was pointing out, you know, there's some pessimism from some national folks about Auburn's chances this year. I think part of that is because there is immense pressure on on Auburn to win this season, and especially those first few games. Yeah, you know, feels like feels like Brian Harson can't. You know, t- take a take a step back, or even you know, running through the it. options. It's, in it's, my head. it's funny though to me that uh, Arkansas could play games close first year under Sam Pittman, and then make an improvement the second year. Auburn played some close games last year, a lot of games close that they could have won, and nobody seems to think that those can that some of those could turn into wins. What happened in February? Yeah, it, 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 it's a hundred. But that I mean, what does that, maybe but what does that have to do with what we see on the field? I don't know. I, agree. I, I agree. don't know that the players are concerned about what happened in February. I would yeah. add too that it's it it part it partially is because Arkansas is bringing back a quarterback and Auburn. Yeah, had that's true. But but I, would, would it still I, be the case of Bo Nix? We're, we're starting. No, I, Bo, I, I think Auburn there. Auburn would be expected to be much better if Bo Bo were back sure, at quarterback. Yeah. And and a lot of. National and like you know, analysis can get pretty lazy. Where it's like, all right, how did they do last year? Did they bring mm-hmm. their quarterback back? All right, that's it. And it's you come out today. Well, you come out today. Um, Auburn's got the, I think it was seventeenth most talented roster in the country according to the composite. Um, where it's like, hey, this is what your guys were as recruits. And and I it's saw a little bit I of, saw a, a I saw a guy back. on uh, a guy on ESPN just last week said Auburn had the least talented team. That Auburn was only more talented than Vandy. That's absolutely wrong. That's absolutely that's wrong. Absolutely not, well, wrong. He's, he's probably not an NFL draft guy or a recruiting guy. 
if he's saying then that, what, about, if he's saying, then you know what, what I mean? are you? Yeah, no, you know what I mean. I mean, like, if you're saying that about a talent level of, of Auburn's roster, are you going to sit here and tell me that Mississippi State's got a better roster? You're going to tell me that you're going to you're going to tell me South Carolina's got a better roster? I'm not going to tell you. Uh, Arkansas Kentucky? doesn't. Arkansas doesn't Arkansas? have a more talented roster than Auburn does. Yes. No, no, I, I I think you're you guys are are absolutely yeah. right. I mean, that, that would be there's motivation. Yeah. There's definitely. I mean, we'll we'll yeah. see. You know, the, and the point about, I mean, you just got to get your quarterback. The twenty eighteen, the twenty eighteen Auburn Tigers. Oh, they're use, use, using using that sort of an, you know the surface analysis. The twenty eighteen Auburn Tigers were the reigning SEC West champion that brought back quarterback Jarrett Stidham. They should have been in the catbird seat all season long, right? They shouldn't have had anything to worry about. Well, this is it. That, we're talking the SEC West. I know. You, so I mean, yes. well, no, but that's that's the Arkansas thing, right? Well, that's true. Arkansas is being picked by everybody. I heard somebody today on a national show say. You know, that, that uh, somebody asked about Auburn, and he said, well, there's no way they can win more than six because they have no chance against Arkansas. And I thought, they beat them last year, didn't they? Have they won every game since 15? Yeah, it's been a while. He, yeah. said Arkansas, he said Arkansas and Ole Miss were sure losses for Auburn. And it's like, well, Arkansas's why? last win in regulation against Auburn. Those that's are two the, teams Auburn have pretty sizable streaks. Yes. 15's, 15's the overtime. It's the perception. The perception is... Man, this is lazy. Every, and I would say, and I would say it's lazy. I would say it's lazy if we were talking about, you know, if we were talking about Georgia Tech that way, or if we were talking about like, but that it's Auburn because of some because I'm here and I cover this team, I can talk with a little bit more authority on it. I, I think at least, but yeah, it's just like you're not going to say the Mississippi schools are better than you. You're not going to say that Arkansas has got more talent than you. Now, are they more yeah. stable and do they have? That's a right. Is there more pressure on sure. Auburn? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and. But Auburn's roster, Auburn's talent has taken a step back, but it's not like anybody else they have to play has surged so far forward than them. A&M was already playing from front. LSU was already playing ahead. Alabama and Georgia are already playing from ahead, but neither of the Mississippi schools, Arkansas, Missouri, none of those teams they play, you're sitting there and looking at it and saying, oh, well, look what they just did. They're definitely going to pass us in talent. Now, does Auburn's roster have issues? Yeah. Does Auburn's roster have question marks? Sure. The offensive line could blow this whole thing up, and none of this could matter. But this is a more talented team than a lot of those teams. Mm-hmm. The other places are more stable and have had better PR this offseason, and quarterback play also o- helps. October 6th is Arkansas's 10-year anniversary of their last win over Auburn in regulation. By the way, 2012 was the wow. last time Arkansas beat Auburn. In the regulation. worst 20- Auburn team so they, ever. So they're motivated. Maybe. They're motivated. All right, we need, we're, we're running way behind. Got to get to our last break of hour number one. Come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7000. You heard those numbers. You can go ahead and call them, but we've got to step aside for our top of the hour break. We're halfway done here on the Thursday Drive. Stick with us for hour number two.
ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports the Cavaliers get guard Donovan Mitchell in a trade with the Jazz. In return, Utah gets three players, three unprotected first-round picks, and two pick swaps in that deal. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports the Broncos will sign quarterback Russell Wilson to a five-year, $245 million extension. His deal now runs through 2028 and includes $165 million guaranteed. Could that deal move the needle on a new Lamar Jackson contract with the Ravens? ESPN's Jamison Hensley. I think the best kind of the sweet spot for a deal to happen is after the season and before March 7th. Is that's when they have to put the franchise tag on Lamar. I think between that point, I think, is the time when a lot of negotiations, when that franchise tag deadline is out there, you know there's a lot of urgency. Jamison Hensley on Barton Hahn. Serena and Venus Williams play a first-round doubles match at the U.S. Open tonight. Coverage at 7 Eastern on ESPN2. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And now, a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Here it is. You can save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That's it. See? Just a good old-fashioned, straightforward ad. See if you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or Progressive.com. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Uh, we, we'd love for you to join in. We'll tell you how you can do that here momentarily. But first, hour number two of the drive brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Now to how you can get through. You can give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box. Presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast. Podcast of the Drive, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. Or go to RadioAlabama.net and check out the ESPN 1067 Podcast Center. I feel like we must be getting close to the start of the season. The uh, phone lines are already lit. We have calls holding. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Justin, Ver- Justin Ferguson's here, too. I, I, I think I said that. Right. Okay. Hey, just pay attention when I'm going through this stuff here wow. at the beginning. All right. Uh, Jerry gets us started. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Um, I was just reading an article on AL.com. About Uh-oh, the, that's dangerous. His title is a Director <laughs> of Football Operations. He was a NFL scout with the Cowboys. Yes, you're talking about Drew F- Fabianich. Yes. The, yeah, I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't remember his his name, but uh, he had really great uh, credentials mm-hmm. and uh, a glowing resume 
and uh, a real endorsement from Dan Quinn, who says he was one of the main energetic reasons that they had such a good draft. Uh, just thought, what's your opinion about him? It'll be interesting to see if you know what kind of these guys. what kind of impact he makes as the new. Yeah, in a role they made for it. Sort of a a talent talent evaluator. Yeah, and this isn't new. General managers have kind of been Mm -hmm. popping up in college football here recently. But, yeah, um, getting somebody whose whole job was understanding what you need on a roster, scouting scouting for that, and and finding fits, I think it can only help you. Uh, And also, I think the other thing that they want him to bring to the table is that he has uh, good relations with the NFL and Auburn. He knows what it takes. Yeah, and Auburn's got to get guys to the league. That's got to be something, especially when you're going up against Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU, Florida in recruiting, you need to be able to say, hey, we can get you to the NFL. You don't have to go to one of those schools to to make it happen. And so uh, I'll be interested to see what kind of impact they, they have. And this year, you can make that happen. Say Hearts and Staff stays around. They survive this year. They move forward. This should be a pretty good size NFL draft class for Auburn. Um, one of their biggest ones in oh, a while. With all the guys that came back, yes. With all the guys that came, that came back. Uh, and then yesterday, uh, the Athletic put their first um, mock draft out. Nate Tice, uh, a guy who I really enjoy reading, put his out. Uh, had Colby Wooden as a first-rounder uh, in that mock draft. So it's like there's there's going to be some buzz, and you might potentially have one or two guys kind of make that first round after a, a drought here for Auburn. And, uh, yeah, I think that can only build on itself because it is a recruiting tool when you can say, hey, here's who we just put in the league. You can be the next one. Anything else, Jerry? Let's hope so. All right, appreciate it. Good stuff. 334-321-1390, and Yellowhammer is up next. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Uh, yesterday you were talking about uh, Title IX. I remember when that was instituted, uh, Auburn had a wrestling program but had to scrap it to kind of balance out the situation. Basically, right. Fast had had, had now. A, a pretty successful wrestling program. Yeah, it was pretty good. Sweet on Ba. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but anyway, uh, we had to scrap something, you know, to accommodate the situation. And so if we look at it from a revenue standpoint, certainly the men have to keep basketball, football, and baseball. And if we go to the women's side, certainly softball and basketball. And they're doing very good in equestrian and gymnastics. So let's say they've got those four. And we're back to us then. We've got those three. So maybe we had golf. Now it's tied up four to four. Is that kind of the way it works? Sort of. I mean, it has to be um, scholarship numbers. Full scholarships have to be equal. So that's why with football with 85, you need more women's sports. And you have more more scholarships available in women's basketball than you do in men. It's 15 to 13, women to men in basketball and so forth, to try to uh, to make things end up balancing out. Okay. So, um, then it doesn't really matter on either side of the ledger. You just have to have the same number of... Right. It doesn't have to be the same sports or... Right. That's why you would see, um, you know, you, 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 you have some places that have uh, other men's sports that... Well, I guess a lot of it depends on the conference. If nobody else in the conference has those sports, it's difficult to find anybody to compete against, too. So we're not having uh, soccer. Uh, right, men's soccer. You don't have a men's soccer team. You don't have, 
you know, like men's volleyball, you don't have, you know, some things. UCLA, on the other hand, though, Dan, has almost all of those. They, they, have, they probably have more sports than uh, any other school in the country. Yeah, they got crew. Uh, there's a there's a, a women's crew team. Uh, I believe they've got. I think they. I know they've got volleyball, but I believe they have men's men's volleyball as well. With uh, there, there's a. I think there's indoor and beach. You know they they got mm-hmm. they got several several sports represented, but maybe you know some some other sports that maybe they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't have across. But but yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of the the impacts of Thailand. So we got to go all the way to Minnesota before we have a curling team. <laughs> Uh, probably to face, yeah, to face somebody. I'm not even sure if, uh, if, if, if the Gophers have a curling team. <laughs> okay. Although it'd be, uh, it, it, I always thought that's, that, that's something I, I might've been able to compete at in my, back in my heyday. I, I could sweep. <laughs> uh, I'm a person uh, sweeper. <laughs> I don't know that okay. I want to be, I, I'd, I'd be busting it trying to move up down and <laughs> sweeping. I'd rather slide okay. along behind the, whatever the iron that, that looks like. All right. Well, thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, you know, I thought about I've thought about that at times about uh, really? tr- try trying it, trying it. You know, if you uh, find just a you know, like go to a go to a skating rink mm-hmm. and uh, you know just uh, um, see if I could get the handle off of a you know an, an iron and put it you know cut the bo- cut the bottom of a bowling ball and just you know. Street curling, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, just, just not un- unsanctioned. Yeah, and, that's right. Like stick ball. You do it mud. Ball mud, mud curling. curling. Ooh, that's it. You know, well, yeah. you might be onto something there, Bill. Uh, Justin, with Auburn playing uh, Mercer on Saturday night, uh, you got some Auburn players making their debut. You know, there's a few guys that, that will be uh, playing. You know, is well, there like any- you said, 13 newcomers yep. on the two deep. A- anyone in particular that you're uh, you're you're intrigued by as they as they as they take the field for first time in an Auburn uniform? Yeah, I think if you're looking at games like this, you know, the difference is we have SEC players and you don't. That's usually kind of what what it, what it what it lines up to, and usually that comes out in size. Hawaii found usually out. Usually comes out. Hawaii up front. found out up that front. Can, up front is yeah. big as well. But also, that I would think important. think somebody like Camden Brown going up against FCS corners would mm-hmm. be really interesting matchup early on. So he's one I'm definitely looking at. Cam Riley, um, a guy that I think who can make a really big impact. As yeah, he's, a, he's bigger than their defensive ends. I know he's not a pure newcomer, but new to the starting lineup, right. I think would be would be one. Uh, yeah, other uh, other newcomers. I mean. Jason Jones, obviously, you know, kind of what he does on early downs. Although I think Mercer's a little bit more pass oriented. Um, that's kind of what they where they make yeah, their money at. J- Jason Jones against their center. I think yeah. their center is like six two, two sixty, or something like that. Good luck. Yeah. Well, it's not just it's it's well, about Jeffrey. He, he won't have any trouble, you know, getting low. Thing, and the funny thing there is Jeffrey Embaugh is not that much smaller than no. than Jason Jones is, and that's another one to keep in keep in mind. So, yeah, I think I think. Um, yeah, I think Jalen Simpson said it best yesterday when he said, "I expect Auburn's like I expect my defensive line to take care of business. It's going to be us on the back end." But yeah, that's where the and, and and you know there was talk earlier, and I wrote about it a little bit today. But there was talk about you know Jalen saying, "Hey, Ben, don't break." That's kind of going to be our philosophy. Lockdown. I could hear the collective groan yeah, from Auburn fans, and I when get he it. But that. like you got to understand like the philosophy. I mean, just. The it's all changed. about points. Yeah, it's football's changed, right? Um, uh, the example I gave is last year, Georgia has this historic defense. All these dudes go to the NFL. They were about a full yard worse than tw- than the 2011 Alabama defense, but what they were better at is stopping folks in the red zone mm-hmm. and preventing touchdown opportunities. 
that's what that's where that's where the game is headed basically. But anyway, you look at a game like this. Mercer is just trying to build on getting explosive plays. That's what's going to keep you in the game. Um, that's what they did last. I mean, they had a ton of huge touchdowns last week against Moorhead State. So you would feel like they're going to try to get those like quick shots hit you that way. Whereas if Auburn, if you play kind of like, hey, you're not going to beat us deep. We're going to keep everything in front of us. Then it becomes a war of attrition. You want to sustain a drive against that defensive line? It, you're going to wear down eventually. So I think that's where the defense can really take advantage. So I would look for some of those newcomers up front to make their impact early on. There's Morris no- Joseph being another one. Even though he's not a big guy, Morris Joseph, mm-hmm. great camp for him, and I think course, he'll be interesting. I mean, that, that's that's relative. He's not a big guy. He's only 6'2", 280. Yeah, he's only 6'2", 280. <laughs> it's only, <laughs> all, only that big. But, yeah, There's- no, they, they, I think he would be uh, – I think he's the guy to keep an eye on as well. There's any number of reasons why Auburn wouldn't be able to create big plays on offense, like, like you were saying earlier in the show. I mean, you're working at execution change. should yeah. be the primary reason Auburn isn't able to create big plays. But I mean, you shouldn't got, be because of they're they're being outmatched. Well, you got a couple receivers. You mentioned Camden Brown, Coy Moore, also playing in his first game as an Auburn uniform. Would expect to see Coy Moore, even though he's not listed as a starter on the depth chart. You'd expect to see Coy Moore pretty early in this game and. It feels like Damari Alston's role has grown uh, throughout fall camp. I, I know Saturday's practice was different because a lot of the key guys were being mm-hmm. held out, but it does it does seem like you're going to see Damari Alston pretty early in the offense. And last year there were there were roles for Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, and Sean Shivers. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's it's foreign for this offense to have three tailbacks involved in the uh, in, in the first team attack. And I just wonder how early. Uh, before Demari Alston is on the field on on Saturday, because because you get the sense based on where things are headed that it's not it's not going to be very much uh, it's not, not going to take very long at all. No, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think this is this is a situation where Auburn would love to have a third running back emerge. Um, by the way, we were talking about this earlier today on Twitter about the transfers Auburn had out and kind of where they sit. In, mm-hmm. in in their respective depth charts, got quite a few guys that are starting. Yeah, and and a quite a few, and I say a few guys that are starting that probably wouldn't have started here. So like that's what the portal's for. Good job, Sean Shivers being one of them. Probably going to be mm-hmm. your starting running back at Indiana. Um, they play tomorrow night against Illinois. Um, so good for him. I think he made the best decision for him. But you need you need a third running back, right? You need to f- find a guy who can play that role. And in the second half of camp, it looked like it was going to be Demari Austin more than Sean Jackson. Um, so Demari first game. This this makes sense for him to kind of come in and, and try to show out early on, and you will have opportunities to to kind of put that out there. And um, I, I would expect him to to contribute and, and play well. They were taking a look at the other two freshman receivers too on Saturday. I don't, I you know, you wonder again how many receivers can really be involved in, in an offense effectively. Two freshman receivers meaning well, I mean, Camden Brown's already in the in the sort Amari of Kelly six. and Jay Fair. Amari oh, okay, Kelly and yeah. Jay Fair were guys that you know you saw. With you get a lot of work Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if, if yeah, but by the end of the practice, it was like there were walk-ons. And, yeah, 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 it was it was a it was a mixed bag of folks. It seems it seems like if if the rotation were at least at the moment, if the rotation right. were to get smaller, like th- those those would be two guys that that may mm-hmm. uh, you know may have to wait on some playing time. But uh, I, either one of them could provide a spark and, and make an argument they need an extended look if they can get on the field uh, the Saturday. Well, that's what everybody's hoping is that they can. You know, that the game can, can be in, in enough control where you can get a lot of guys out there and, and just see what they look like in front of, you know, more than just a few folks in the seats. Let's get to our first break. I want to uh, 
want to want to start looking at some of the other games, some of the games tonight. I mean, there's some interesting games on tap tonight. Backyard brawl, first time in a That's while. That's right. I'm excited for that one. Uh, we'll do that and more. Hey, we'd love for you to join in as well. 334-321-1390. Come on in here on the Thursday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson. And, uh, again, you could join us. Uh, as we were saying, though, I mean, there are quite a few games. Man, we must have uh, must be 15 or so games on tap tonight, including some interesting. A lot of times Thursday nights, it's like, man, you're, you're just hoping there's something that might be a little interesting. There might be a team or two that you've ever heard of playing on Thursday. There are quite a few tonight. You mentioned the backyard brawl. It's back. Um, West Virginia and Pitt First tonight. Time in 11 years, I think. Hey, I'll tell you how, how much interest there is in this. When you look, you know, ESPN always lists the tickets as low as. The cheapest you, I see for that one is 150 bucks. Yeah, and they... I mean, they're $3 to go watch Central Florida tonight. And that, by the way... By the way, keep keep in mind that game is being played in Pittsburgh, which yes, means it is. it is being played in an NFL stadium, mm-hmm. and that's what the demand is. It's one of the yeah. be- it's one of the best regional rivalries in college football. It just hasn't played in a while due to um, you know conference realignment. Really, really ripped that one up. Uh, so fun to have that one back. Um, Pitt, West Virginia should be a lot of fun. That's two transfer quarterbacks going head to head. JT Daniels of West two, Virginia, two former. USC and two former USC guys, yeah. Keaton Slovis at uh, at Pitt, uh, now at Pitt. That'll be a fun game. Uh, Penn State Purdue. You would think Penn State's got the edge, especially talent wise, in this one. Purdue's playing at home. Yeah, I was going to say I see a lot of people picking Purdue. Think Penn State's just a three point road Mm -hmm. favorite in that game. So um, pretty even game, you would think on paper. And and what I mean, it's it's funny because I expected most people, most Auburn fans, to go. Yeah, I want Penn State to win. I don't really care that much, but I mean, it's funny how many Auburn, how many Auburn people that I've talked to that are like, no, nah, I want, I, I don't like James Franklin. I want Penn State to lose. And it's like, well, I mean, if Auburn's got to win regardless you. of whether Penn State comes in with a loss. Purdue or not. helped you out a few years ago by letting you, letting you beat them all over the field in, in Nashville. That's so, true. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe they, that's right. They feel better maybe. about Purdue since the last memory of Purdue is better than the last memory yeah, of Penn State. Yeah, and you think about you know maybe you really enjoyed Rondell Moore. Like you know that's that's probably that's probably your Purdue uh, knowledge there. Maybe there's some still some Drew Brees fans out there. Um, Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton. Hot yeah. start. Hot first half of the season for it. Uh, for it sort of um, temper off there. But I think on top of that, those are the two big ones. Where I'm it's interested. Like I'm game. interested in the uh, Missouri La Tech game. Yeah. Just a little. I mean, I you know, I can't this, tell you anything about Louisiana Tech. This I, I can't either. But I know that. I mean, we talked about coaches that seats a little bit warm. I think Eli needs to to go better than 500 this year. Yeah, it would help. It would de- it would definitely help. And. Um, so that's a that's an interesting game. Tennessee plays. I'm sure they'll try to put up a billion points tonight. Uh, th- yeah, and if they, if, I'd be surprised if they don't. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think the, there's not really any late games like 
I don't think uh, any the late games the late fun. games are like Cal Poly at Fresno. Former San Jose, San Jose State's got Portland State tonight. Well, one Portland of, State's one of those. So FCS you can scout. You usually pull, you can scout uh, the next couple of opponents for right. All. Right. One of uh, Mike Leach's former quarterbacks, one of several who is now uh, working in a, a pretty high profile coach. Uh, position is the head coach of Louisiana Tech, Sonny Cumbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, mm-hmm. um, he was, he was former the, OC at TCU. Former OC at TCU. He was the interim uh, interim head coach at Texas Tech after they fired Matt Wells. Uh, he has landed at at Louisiana Tech. Uh, this is his first year, so so he'll he'll start uh, the the uh, the Sonny Cumbie era starts tonight for Louisiana Tech uh, against uh, Missouri. They're uh, they're about a twenty one point. Fi- did Tech fire? Did Tech Matt fire? Wells. No, no, no. Uh, Louisiana Tech. Oh, uh, Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Tech did fire Skip uh, after last season. Yeah, took him forever. Made, to made, fire yeah, made, made a change. Made a change there to uh, uh, to, uh, to to Louisiana to Tech. Kobe. Louisiana Tech is always interesting. There, and the they they occupy the same kind of space in my head as Southern Miss does, where it's like they there's potential there for them to be a really good group of five team. Maybe not, maybe not the level of you know what we've seen out out of like Houston and Cincinnati and UCF, Boise State in those places, but like. I don't know. It's it's. I think it's a lot more fun. Uh, again, regionally, I would say when like Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech have good football teams. I guess mm-hmm. Lafayette, Lafayette is, or now sorry, the University of Louisiana has passed them up in um in the state. Yeah, but, we'll see if if they're able to maintain. Yeah, and and they stayed in house, and and they're going to try to right. keep it rolling as much as possible. But yeah, Louisiana Tech. I mean, there's there's good football history at Louisiana Tech. They've had some they've had some fun teams. Them and Southern Miss are the two teams that I really want, especially with the Conference USA. Just I want to see I want to see those teams work. Five different head coaches at Louisiana Tech since nineteen ninety nine, including former Auburn offensive line coach Jack McNell Jr., who was there yes, from ninety nine to oh six. there so yeah, that's pretty much your highlights from tonight. Two SEC games, uh the the backyard brawl, Penn State Purdue. Those those are those those are the most interesting ones to me tonight. Tomorrow, I mean it's it's high school football not it, it it's, it's. I just don't like college games on Friday ten, night. The Big Ten. Big Ten. You've got a Big Ten game the, tomorrow night. You mentioned Sean Shivers. They have one every week. I know. You mentioned Sean Shivers. You get to watch him tomorrow night. And it and it and it is it has upset a lot of folks in that part of the country that there are Friday night games in the Big Ten, and you are expected. I think pretty much every team is expected to play one at some point. Illinois, Indiana at Indiana tomorrow night. Do Michigan and Ohio State get out of that somehow by being Michigan Ohio State? Or are they going to play a fresh? Michigan game? State's got Michigan State plays tomorrow night too. It's yeah. against Some Western Michigan. Program. I remember Ohio State playing on a Friday night last year. Maybe now, okay, maybe so you only have to do it every so often. I mean, right. ESPN wants major college football on Friday nights. I mean, that's the longest. I wonder if that'll keep, I wonder if that'll stay up with Fox. T- uh, T- TCU at Colorado also on Friday night. So a pair of yeah, but, Power Five teams going at it. Colorado's, how about Colorado's this one though? Be so bad. How? How in the world is why in the world is Virginia Tech at Old Dominion? Because that is a like six game series. Uh, at I mean, going on the when, road at Old what, Dominion on a Friday night. Do you remember when Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech a few years ago? Yes, that was at Old Dominion as well. It was like some sort well, of. Then like, I would never go back. It was like a. It was like two. <laughs> it was like two two for one deals or something oh, like that. It was like man. It, when it's all said and really, done, yeah. when it's all said and done, Virginia Tech's going to play four games. At home mm. against against them, and then two on the road. Um, I also completely slipped my mind until today. Uh, James Madison's a, a, is an FBS team now, and so they're, that's another they're one. In the, they're in the belt. Yeah, they're in Sun Belt. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Old Dominion. I thought for some reason I had that well, coming in. And, next and, year. and that's where the that's where Mercer's uh, running back used to be, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. The, the belt. Uh, JMU is really good. The the Sun Belt uh, booted out. Um, they booted out UT Arlington and Little Rock. Or I didn't boot them out, but they they switched to, to different leagues that don't play. They don't division, play football. They don't play Division One football. The Sun Belt added Southern Miss, Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison. So now it went from a went from a ten team league without uh, two football playing uh, members to now a twelve team league uh, with uh, with with. Everybody playing uh, Division One football, and the, Sunbelt, yeah. and the Sunbelt did a really good job. I mean, they were obviously aggressive in expansion when they added Georgia Southern and App State. Um, obviously, picking up Georgia State when when they you know in football when they got going, uh, but they were on the offensive. Meanwhile, the Conference USA is having to just scrape to get to get teams in. So the Sun Belt's positioned really well in the future. We'll uh, we'll look at some of the other games this weekend. Right now, before we get to our bottom of the hour break, let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Daniel is next. Hey, Daniel. Hey, guys, I just wanted to uh, ask a really random question. Uh, a few of my buddies were talking the other day, and while we're talking about small schools, it kind of reminded me of it. Um, it has completely slipped my mind that Rutgers is in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering if you guys knew uh, why. Did they have a you know prolific time at one point? Is it academic? I, just, I don't know. just seems like they're seems like they'd be a good fit in the Big East or American or They were in the Big East. Um, they were. Yeah, before the Big East decided to pull the plug on pull the plug on football, they transitioned to the American. But yeah, I I'll answer that for you real quickly. Uh Rutgers was one of the first college football teams. That's something they're very proud of. Um they played Princeton in the first ever game. They've had a pretty good history for, from that. They were in that Big East run. You remember it was 07 where everyone in the Big East was number two in the country at one point. It was like <laughs> Pitt, Louisville, South Florida, um, all those teams were, were in that mix. Rutgers has had some good moments. Why Rutgers got into the Big Ten is because back when the Big Ten was expanding, they were looking at TV markets. They exactly. Wanted, they, wanted a new, they wanted the New York market, literally the biggest TV market you could get. And Rutgers is in Piscataway, New Jersey. It so is. That's, that's, that is the big reason why they were brought and in. And you could also say this about Rutgers compared to maybe some other schools in that area. New Jersey... For its size, produces they pretty did. good football talent. Yeah, they did. And they, when Rutgers has been good, they've been able to take advantage of that. Appreciate the call, Daniel. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in in the final half hour, which is coming up. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson. From the Auburn Observer, taking your calls, questions, comments. Uh, we were looking at some of the games from tonight and tomorrow night in college football. Then, of course, Auburn and so many schools 
either open a few schools that got to play last week will continue again this weekend. But uh, yeah, some some fun games on tap again this weekend. Now, those of us that'll be at the game, it's sort of a shame that there's some there's some really fun games Saturday night. So let's let's start with the ones from earlier. Um, I'm looking for what am I really going to be interested in watching Oregon, before Oregon, Georgia? Yeah, before I head over. That's that's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah, that's the uh, that's the two thirty kickoff on uh, on ABC. What's the uh, let's let's look at the eleven a.m. slate on Saturday because you got some. I mean, Mich- Michigan. Well, we're talking about Rutgers. Rutgers BC is 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 at least a. Um, Colorado State's at Michigan. Michigan a thirty point favorite in. Uh, yeah, I don't in, expect in that, that to be much of a game. Yeah, nothing. Nothing really. Oh, North Carolina App State is, is the Ooh, eleven. That's a, right. Is, is the yeah, eleven sure a.m. Is. game? North Carolina is just a one point favorite in and, Boone. And Carolina, yeah, is at Boone. That's right. Carolina going to Boone in the opener. That's App a, was App was the favorite for most of the week. That, that's that's an eleven a.m. game on uh, on uh, ESPNU uh, that you can watch uh, on Saturday morning to get the. Uh, get Ooh, the did you see, see? Yeah, see tickets as low as for that game. In Boone, tickets as low as two hundred forty dollars. It's a small stadium. Yeah. It's going to be packed out. Yeah, yeah. Some, and, and you know a lot, a lot of a uh, lot of Carolina folks summer in the uh, in, in the mm-hmm. area around uh, App State's campus. So I'm sure there's yeah a lot of Tar Heel fans uh, excited to uh, to see their team uh, without having to venture all the way uh, to Chapel Hill. No, that that should be a uh, that should be a good one and a chance for a group of five team. Speaking of the Sun Belt, a group of five team right. to, uh, to to maybe knock off a, a Power Five opponent. You imagine there are going to be a couple of those. This weekend, right? I mean, you get you get a, a power. I mean, even in the even in the SEC, right? We've we've discussed. I think South Carolina probably needs to be sharp, or Georgia State will give them a game in uh, in in Columbia. I, I I would be surprised if Ole Miss uh, wins as handily as they're projected to win over Troy, Mississippi State, and Michigan, and and, and uh, Memphis uh, could be mm-hmm. uh, could be a good game in Starkville. So I mean, you got some SEC teams that need to be careful uh, with uh, with a Group of Five team visiting campus. But yeah, around uh, I would say the 11 a.m. game Saturday that that's uh, the North Carolina App State game uh, stands out to me as one you probably want to watch. Yeah, I mentioned the uh, the Troy Ole Miss game. That's a three o'clock SEC Network game. Cincinnati Arkansas is two thirty game on on ESPN. There's a, you know so you got you got some pretty good games there two thirty. Right? Yeah, that there is a a a matchup of ranked teams right now. Yeah, you got a uh, reigning reigning college football playoff team mm-hmm. in Cincinnati going to Fayetteville. Where I mean, the last time expectations were this high. Going into a season, Bobby Petrino, yes, was was the head yeah, coach of the Arkansas right. Razorbacks. The last time you're probably talking about maybe the 2011 season where they uh, were one of the five best teams in college football, most likely. I mean, e- even before that, a little bit. But that that's that's how uh, confident you know a lot a lot of Arkansas folks seem to be going into uh, this year. And a win over a college football playoff team from last year would only uh, would only boost that confidence, even if Cincinnati lost some key players from that team. Uh, and I think a, a setback on opening day would uh, would, would poke a, a poke a, a, a hole in the boat for. Oh, for there's no no question about that. At the uh, wind would leave the sails. Oh yes. Um, at the same time as Auburn, uh, the the six o'clock ESPN game is Utah Florida. What do you think about that, Justin? I think that Florida starting off. The new era having to play Utah is not fun at all. <laughs> that uh, would not. No, I'm sure that probably wasn't Billy Napier's no uh, choice. Utah is supposed to be really good this year. Um, don't know if they're the favorite to win the Pac-12, but they'd probably be pretty they, close yeah. if they aren't. Uh, big big things out of Utah this year. But hey, they're going across the country. They're playing a Florida team that's going to have talent. 
But they've been preaching patience in Gainesville, and uh, this game might show them why they need to have a little bit of little bit of patience with Billy Napier. But the, the line's not very long, uh, very large at all for this one. They're preaching patience, but at the same time, you got folks who think Anthony Richardson could have the, the line of, has dropped a lot. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. down to like three or three and a half now. You have folks who believe Anthony Richardson could have the kind of season where where it's his last year playing college football, and he's in the NFL next year. I, you know, we've wondered. Earlier in the week, I speculated, Justin, that if you're looking for a candidate, maybe LSU would fit the bill, too, although uh, Brian Kelly's coming in with, with more experience as the head coach of a superpower coming from Notre Dame than Billy Napier coming from Louisiana to, to coach Florida, even if Napier's had some impressive stops as, as an assistant coach of Power 5 programs along the way. I just wonder if Florida's the kind of place where you could see what, maybe not exactly what happened to Brian Harson. But you could see growing pains in a first year between a roster of guys who were not recruited to play for Billy Napier and signed up for something different than what they're getting in Billy Napier football. And Billy Napier, who's got these expectations for what he needs, you know, what, what, what he saw work at Alabama and at Clemson and what worked for him at Louisiana. You know, I, I just wonder if there could be a culture shock or a a difficult first year. I won't be surprised to see Florida lose to teams that maybe don't have Florida's talent this year as, as they work out the kinks. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's not to say Billy Napier is doomed, but I think that this well, first year there there could be some setbacks uh, because it's a, it's a big it's a big change to go from Dan Mullen to Billy Napier. And and to sort of add on to that point, I mean, if you look at um, Nick Saban and his disciples, they've started like that. I mean, even Kirby, you know, he had talent his first year, but it's like getting things the way he wanted, get the culture the way he wanted, and have his players in there. It it took till year two, you know. And Nick Saban's yeah. first year, they're seven and six. So, and they had some talent, but I mean, it's it's not always just the talent; it's the right fit with the players and the coaching staff. And and that's something you know. I, there are a lot of Auburn fans that don't want to hear that that could be a factor at other places because they've seen coaches come into Auburn and immediately win. So they think, oh, that shouldn't be a shouldn't be a factor. But it is in reality at a lot of yeah. places. Yeah, Gus Gus came in and inherited guys that he was familiar with. They were familiar with what he was doing and what he wanted to do. Completely different situation than what you had last year with Brian Harson, where you inherit guys that have never run this offenses and defenses you have. You don't know them. You don't really have much familiarity with them at all. And so you wonder what a year two can look like for that. You were talking about Arkansas earlier. Arkansas taking that step forward in year two. Mm-hmm. I think it 100 percent happened at Auburn. It's just you gotta you gotta get the you gotta get the big things taken care of, and it's possible. But you know that's why I keep saying about this this season and this start. The fact that Auburn has this progressively more difficult start to the season, but that's all at home. I mean, it's it's set up to get that momentum you need to attack what is going to be a pretty t- tough second half of the schedule and the games that will be the difference makers in having a great season or another disappointing season. Mm-hmm. One, one more note about Florida. I mean. Yes, there's there's talent there. At the same time, recruiting was a big reason why Dan Mullen got fired, right? I mean, that, that, I mean, that is correct. I they mean, didn't so recruit at the level that Florida fans expected. So, so maybe we should be careful with. Well, it, it's you know they're they're wearing the Florida Gators uniform, so it must be a team loaded with high highly regarded recruits and NFL players. Because I, I think some of some of the concern about some of the concern that ultimately cost Dan Mullen his job was about the caliber of player that he was bringing in, especially compared to some of the other 
championship contenders in the SEC. So that that's another reason why maybe there could be problems early for Billy Napier as he installs his system and gets his guys in place. And it's just a matter of, of can, can he avoid that? Can he weather the storm? Uh, maybe there's no storm at all, right? Maybe they go out there against Florida, against Utah, and, and they're ready to go uh, from day one. But if there's turbulence, if there's trouble, can, can he weather that storm and, and get things to a place where, where he can eventually succeed? And the other thing to keep in mind is Kyle Whittingham's 12th year. He's got his – he has – his system, his players, his staff, and there's no question about, okay, are we building chemistry? Is everybody on the same page? I think it's more than 12, isn't it? He's Oh, yeah, he's no, you're right, you're right. That's, he replaced that's, Urban that's Meyer. It's, it's 12 years in the, in the Pac-12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is 18. Yeah, he replaced Urban 18. Meyer. And, and he was on the staff you know, yes. for, for Meyer when, uh, yeah. I mean, so. so he, yeah, I, was just, I was looking at his record, and it's like, oh, that just showed Pac-12. Yeah. I realized when you said that. Yeah. Kyle Whittingham's, you know, on the on the short list of power active Power 5 coaches who have been at their current job 15 or more seasons. You know, I, I don't know how long that list is right now, uh, but Kyle Whittingham, is it, is it just Saban and, Saban and Whittingham? This Ferentz? Is, yeah, Saban, Ferentz, and Whittingham. Maybe might be the might be the entire... Uh, I can't think of anybody that, else. That, that might be the entire list of guys who have been at their current job, in, in the Power Five at least, mm-hmm. for, uh, for, for that long. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's... I mean, you, you would think the growing pains that you associate with a first-year head coach, you know, Billy Napier's offseason in Florida... Not the same thing at Utah when you no. when you're coming up on when you're coming up on the 20 year anniversary. No, uh, and and then the uh, the game of the day of uh, of the weekend really is the uh, at least as far as the numbers beside the teams. I don't know that this will be. I don't expect it to be anywhere near the best game, the most competitive game. But you've got a top five matchup with Notre Dame and Ohio State. Oh well, I mean, there's that's that is a spread is seventeen points. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Do you well? Do you think it's going to be a whole lot closer than that? I don't. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I like Marcus Freeman. That I like Marcus be. Freeman too, but I don't think Marcus Freeman talking about seventeen and a half being some motivation for them. That's just made that motivation for Ohio State. Uh, it's yeah. I don't know, man. Like. The lines with the Notre Dame and That's Oregon, a lot. The, the, it is. Both, it both is. Of those, but... Both of those spreads indicate just like I would say the level of talent, the at, sheer talent difference. Well, yes. with, oh, yeah. with Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State versus whoever else yep. you think is in. You know, whoever else you think is close, whoever you think the that's fourth. a top five team. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Well, I mean, it? well, in the, and Oregon too, right? Oregon's Oregon's a, a neutral side opponent against against Georgia. Yeah, Oregon's in Oregon are, like eleven. Are they, okay, they're they're just outside the top right. ten, and they're a multiple touchdown yes. underdog against the Georgia Bulldogs. And and I think there are some folks that that aren't sure how close that game's going to be. So yeah, it is it, it is evidence of how the the elite programs in college football at the moment are. Pulling away even from the very good programs in college football, when when you when Ohio State opens the season as a multiple touchdown favorite at home against the number five team in the country, and Georgia is yeah nearly a three touchdown favorite against uh, uh, against one, one of the ten or eleven best power five teams in all of of college football. So yeah, I mean it's uh which game would you which game do you think has a better shot of being close? Georgia. I think Georgia, Georgia Oregon, Oregon is closer or, than uh, than Notre Dame Ohio State. Justin, you're right there. You're, you're considering. Uh, He's I, think, I think that I think they're I think they're both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're both kind of in that same kind of ballpark. I, I I could see where both teams, you know, both favorites just cruise in this. Well, one. I can see that. Um, but I also like Georgia has more holes to fill. 
then yeah, then but Ohio it's still State Georgia. Does. And, I, and, so and I saw, some, I saw something earlier this week. Uh, if you look at returning production, if you look at returning production in this game, uh, Georgia had this historic national championship team. All these dudes get drafted off their defense. Five percent less returning production than Oregon. Five. That's hmm. it. That's it. Oregon's replacing well, but, a lot as but well. Five percent less production is is that of the of a hundred percent or just total production? It's of a hundred. Like like if you brought everybody okay. back. Okay. So in other words, Georgia. Like for example, uh, Oregon brings back seventy percent. Georgia brings back sixty five. Yeah. Okay. Like because I was going to say numbers can you know you can do right, an right, awful right. different yeah, thing yeah, with yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but it's like Oregon. But that didn't include just, that didn't include any of Bose numbers in Oregon. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. It's like if Georgia, like, yeah, like Georgia doesn't have to replace, like, yeah, Georgia that has much Georgia more than has Oregon its does. quarterback returning. Oregon and I does think that's going to make a pretty big difference. I agree, but yeah. I, I think I think Georgia needs to um, do more than they did in a lot of their ball games. Just I don't know I about just think, line up and just run it at Oregon. I don't think it's I also going to think that like uh, you can throw to Brock win. Bowers, and I imagine Georgia's defense is still going to have a lot of freaks on it. So that's that's what I keep coming back to in this game. And, and Eric Gilbert is probably on a short list of the next best group of tight ends in, in college football. And, and Eric Gilbert is is somebody who considering he may be their number three tight end, <laughs> be their number three tight end, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's somebody that would be the number one on a lot of other teams. In, uh, in in college football, no, that, that's a that's a game that would be, I you know for 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 drama's sake, like I hope that game's close. Like I'd like to see a compelling football game between Georgia and Oregon opening day. It does feel like if if Georgia takes care of business, Oregon's going to be playing from you know, playing from behind, playing from underneath, like for for, for much of that. But you know if, if Oregon can throw a punch early, like if you, if you can get get on the scoreboard and, and maybe make Georgia, because it's still a Georgia team, you get the feeling is you know they they'd like to. Oh yeah, jump out to a lead and salt out, out to the lead. Take control and just sort of uh, slowly, you know, step on your throat till you till you can't breathe. And and if Georgia's replacing some defensive players, granted they're they replacing, are replacing them, a ton of defensive and, players, and they're replacing they're them with, with, with with very talented players now. But that but that might be you know maybe early Oregon can uh, can, can can get a spark mm-hmm. because they're you know they're facing guys that are he's a little bit inexperienced. And then uh, and then quickly they're still uh, a lot big, better big, than what Oregon has. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I want to get Justin's thoughts on on what to look for in the Auburn game. But I mean mm-hmm. quickly. Sunday, Florida State, LSU. What is Florida State? Right? What is LSU? What is LSU? Yeah, that's a good question. Dice roll. Total I know LSU's roll. got a lot of talent. Talent. But that's about all I can make yep. on. It could get real scary real quick for Florida State. Uh, yes, in the in the Superdome. Yeah. Yeah, in the Superdome. And then also, you know, last week, they did not necessarily light the world on fire against an FCS team. They pulled away in the second mm-hmm. half. First half, I know, under the Florida State people I know were very frustrated with the way the Seminoles looked early in that the game. We- the, weather, the weather stunk in that game, too, yeah, but that, sta- that stadium was empty at kickoff. Did you see mm-hmm. the pictures The pictures of that stadium at kickoff for Florida State Duquesne? Bill, I went to a Florida State home game in 2009, and that place was rocking. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it, it used it to be. And, right. and that is... You know, it's been a while. We've come up on the phrase "cautionary tale" a couple times. That's the danger of if you treat, you know, if your fan base expects excellence, it doesn't take too much mediocrity to get them tuning out completely. Yeah, apathetic, very, and, and that's yep. and that's what's happened to Florida State, and it's mm-hmm. shocking. I, I never thought we'd see something like that. And then we wrap it up, and we can talk about this one Monday on the show because we will have a Labor Day show. We always do here with the drive Monday. You've got Clemson at Georgia Tech. 
Uh, I don't think we need to spend an awful lot of time. Yeah, talking yeah, about yeah that. enough said. Yeah. Enough said. Although, right. you know, shout out to the laborers, though, as, as that's, always. That's right. All right, let, let's get to our final break. Want to get Justin's thoughts on what he's looking for on Saturday? Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Thursday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, and Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. And and uh, we'll be in the in the press box on Saturday. Oh, Dan's, that'll be Dan's first first time in the press the box, press Justin. Box. I've, been, right. I've been in the right, press box. First time right, in the Dan. new press box. All right, Dan. You need to be quiet. Don't be, don't be getting riled I up. I told him. I said, well, be, everybody in the press box can hear anything that you'll say. Anything that you say. Yeah. And on top, yeah. And then the folks over there who usually sit near Bill, you have to get them to calm down. So I need, so. Uh, the, well, you know, Bill, you, you know, you know the one. Not, that's, that's Steve. Shout, shout out, Steve. Yeah. Shout out Cosgrove. I, I, oh, yeah. I might, I might go out on the concourse if it's as, if it's as people say. I might go out and try to watch it. I told him, uh, you know, use the facilities before you get there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like we're going I'm on a still, like we're going on a long, still ro- planning, like going on a long car ride. I'm That's still right. On bringing a large rock to break a window. That's all I want. I I would love to be able Just to have me crowd the crowd, feel of the natural crowd. crowd noise. So I, we can bring we can bring our own. It snacks. hasn't been the same. It's it says it says bring your own snacks. Yes. Is that what it says? Okay. Yes. So, it says you can. I mean, there there should be you're gonna a, miss there, there the, should you're gonna be miss a lunch for sandwich, you, man. Come on. Well, and and usually there's a bag of chips and and the cookie. If it's where it usually comes from, the cookie. That's right. Yes, it is. But I saw somebody going, oh, Blah Blah's going to eat bags and bags of chips. And I said, not unless he steals everybody else's lunch. Yeah, that's not how it works anymore. You're no. talking about me? No, no, no. Oh, no wasn't you? Right, wasn't yeah. you? It I'm wasn't not, you. It was on, it was on another I'm not a chips guy. Anyway, before we run out of time, Justin, what are you really looking for? What are you really looking for? Yeah, TJ Finley and just how how much confidence, how much better can we see from him in this game? You know, what? what you I want to see what we've heard yep. about. In the in the time we haven't been able to watch, right? I'm not going to have any sweeping takeaways about Auburn's offensive line from this game. I do think unless like they I, get pushed back, unless they get pushed back, that could be <laughs> that could be a long year. Um, and then on defense, it's like yeah, if they have a good game and some of those new pieces click on defense, as the way I said earlier, defense usually sticks around for a while if you if you get off to a good start there. But yeah, it, it's TJ Finley. It's can he manage this offense? Can it, does he, is he more accurate? Uh, I think Auburn's receivers are going to be improved. I know they're going to want to run the ball, but he's got to be better, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Even though this is a game against an FCS team, mm-hmm. a lot of people are a lot of people are doubting, and a lot of people are like, "All right, you're going to have to prove it." And then I guess my my subplot there is like, when do we see Robbie Ashford, and how much? I I really want to stick to my guns and say he plays in the first half, but Brian Harson is trying so hard to keep that to keep that narrative down. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not week. sure. I think they'd like to play him in the first half, but I'm I, I wouldn't. A Montel Cozart role for Robbie Ashford would be a whole lot of fun. I think wrote so. About, I, wrote about it this week at the Observer. He's done it, uh, you know. Uh, and, and, and the Cozart thing worked really, really well um, for them. And uh, if the the moral of that story is having another quarterback who could push you and he, and just and push you on the playing field and not just the practice field. Um, there came a point after struggling for his first two seasons of his career, relatively speaking. Um, you know, Brett Rippin tore it up in the back half of that year. 
and Boise State won that Mountain West title. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you could get a similar kind of spark out of T.J. Finley well, by hope. using a guy like Robbie. Yeah. You, you wish. Keesaw was on that staff when, when uh, they did that in 2017. Yep, wide coach. Uh, one more time, let everybody know about The Observer. Yeah, auburnobserver.com. Sign up there. Six hours a month for six hours a year. We're going to have a ton of stuff. We're going to have uh, podcasts and recaps over the weekend. Film room on Monday. Mailbag out tomorrow. There's something every day or multiple somethings every day. Check it out. Great stuff. Thanks again, Justin. Yes, sir. We are out of time here on the Thursday Drive. Tomorrow, yeah. we're on the road. That's right. We are going to be on the patio at Sky Bar. One of our, uh, one of our Friday tailgate shows live from yes, downtown. Sir. Come, come on by and, uh, and, and wave hi to us. Yeah, join us in. That's going to do it for today. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.